Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kids Days in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me is... Do you want to play a game? Oh, this this took a different turn than I was expecting. What what kind of game are we going to play? I'm going to ask you three questions about Scream. <laughs> about Scream? <laughs> oh, so very specific scary movie this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, all right, I'm sorry. I'm I'm back. Sorry, I don't know what came over me. Uh, so I guess everybody has figured out what movie we're talking about. I would hope so. If they didn't, that'd be quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are going to be talking about the new Scream. Not um, Scream, not the first Scream, the, the new Scream. Yes, not the first Scream and not Scream 7. Scream. Scream. Yeah. The reboot slash sequel. Yeah, don't, don't get it confused. Even though they made it as confusing as humanly possible. Yeah, it's so, so weird. Um, but despite that intro, again, I'm joined by Solomon Christmas or Solomon, whatever you call yourself last time. Spider-Man Cooper. Yeah. yeah. I was going to name myself Screamerman Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, do you want to play a name and do like a full on no. dad joke? Mm-mm. That would have been funny, but no. <laughs> so yeah, we, uh, we went to the big, we actually went and saw the, uh, the movie on a big giant IMAX screen. And I don't know if you need to go see uh, a Scream movie in general on a big giant IMAX screen. But let me tell you, the speakers are make it a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking that somebody was like rushing at me like, from <laughs> really? the right hand side. Yes. That is so funny. But it wouldn't even be like when somebody was getting attacked. It would be like when somebody was like moving a chair and just like walking across the room. That's hilarious. Um, But yeah, before we um dive into the new Scream reboot sequel thing um Mm. we do have some tragic news that we have to break oh yes um i don't know if i i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do this without getting emotional it's okay we all we all struggled on this time um the uh i take a drink by take a drink of beer you can do it it's okay we all have our coping mechanisms. The uh, new um, Star Wars show, Book of Boba Fett, uh, tragically passed away last week. It was killed in its infancy after mere three episodes by that damn bastard Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> it was crushing. Solomon really? actually didn't even make it through. Yeah, that's actually true. I was how far how far did you make it before you before you succumbed a little over halfway I couldn't I couldn't stand to I couldn't bear to see it anymore um yeah I don't I really we, we're not going to talk about this very much it's too painful it doesn't, it doesn't deserve and, it. and it's also too lame um to do a plot recap or anything but let's just say after the second episode rebounded with a different director the third episode just dove off the deep end. Mm-hmm. It it essentially undid every neat thing that happened in episode two. 
They're like, oh, we introduced the sand people and we made a whole village and a whole society dead. <laughs> yeah. Killed them all. Oh, just yeah. Very unceremoniously, too. He just like, wa- he's like, he goes to help them, like, get some protection. He walks back, they're all dead. Yeah, it was really Off sad. screen. We literally watched him walk away and walk back, all gone. Yeah. Instantly. And then um, Boa Fit. Boa, Boa Fett, Fit. Yeah, Boa Fit. Boa not so fit. Mm. You know what I mean? You understand was, what I'm saying? That was mean. <laughs> no, he, actually, Tamora Morrison is pretty fit. He's pretty, he's, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, then he gets attacked by the cool Wookiee that they introduced. Uh, they beat him in a really not very cool fight where Boba Fett is in his underpants the entire time. And I know that everybody wanted to watch Boba Fett fight a Wookiee in his diaper and not his cool <laughs> Boba Fett armor. Yeah, that was my dream. Um, and then that Wookiee very promptly just gets sent away. Then the two new cool huts that they introduce, they come in, and they say, we're leaving. Yep. Literally, Robert Rodriguez says, you know what? I don't like all this interesting stuff that they set up in this last episode. Just, just wipe the board. Wipe it all off the board. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, But I will, I will spend at least uh, one minute to talk about the most egregious thing that I've ever seen in the entire Star Wars universe. Is and it, I'm talking about including... It- Attack of the Clones. So what I think it is is it is it the um, the Teen Titans? Oh, don't don't belittle the Teen Titans that way. Teen Titans go. Actually, Teen Titans goes way better. Yeah. What is it? The Power Rangers. I mean, I could go yes. on and on. You're right. Yes, but I just think you need to like emphasize how much these guys are even like B, C, D list Power Rangers. Yeah, they're worse. They're it's worse than the Power Rangers movie. It looks like Robert Rodriguez brought in an urchin street gang, so that he can seem like he's a young hip person who reads what the Zoomers are saying on social media, and he understands them on the social meds. Yes, <laughs> on the social meds. Um, so he brings in these uh, this hipster gang that helps him because they just really want to have jobs. Yeah, they really just need. They just want to work. They want to work, but they want to work for a fair wage. Otherwise, they're just going to steal your water. Yeah. All they want to do is work. And all of these guys look like uh, they came right off of, uh, they were like rejects from Rodriguez's Alita Battle Angel movie. They have weird cybernetic mods. They have robot arms or cyber eyes. It's very cyberpunky. It's ugly. And it doesn't look even remotely Star Warsy. No, not at all. Um, and they're lame. Yeah, it looks like a sad kid sci-fi movie. Yeah, like literally, like something to be on the Disney Channel yeah, in yeah, the 90s. Exactly, it's like so low budget and looks so bad. Yeah, and they all have color-coded scooters just like the like Power Rangers do. Yeah, except for if you, instead of turning into a dinosaur, you had a moped. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> a, a hovering moped with 50 million rearview mirrors on it. That's their superpower. Isn't that awesome, guys? <laughs> the power of... Uh, you know, 360-degree hindsight. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, yeah, uh, Rodriguez culminates this masterpiece of an episode with the most insanely slow. I'm sure if you watch the show, you read the trades, you've heard about this. It is a staggering. Like, we talked about the first episode, how the fighting and everything felt slow. I don't know what Rodriguez is doing at this point at all. I think, I think he's having a stroke while he makes these episodes. I feel like... Star Wars is an old lady taking a nap. Okay. And Robert Rodriguez is holding a pillow, and he's pressing it down <laughs> over her face. <laughs> that's that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Very accurate. I just don't understand. This, this quote-unquote chase scene was so horrendously shot. It was so slow. Um, it really, really did look like if a motorized scooter was running out of batteries. You couldn't even say, because I made the joke about a bunch of people chasing each other with motorized scooters, like the the ones that, you know, are for, like, the disabled that they have at, like, Walmart. <laughs> yeah. But, but those actually, I feel like it would seem like they were going faster. <laughs> yeah. So I will have to add the caveat that their batteries are running low. Mm, okay. Um. It's so, man. it's so sad that he's suffocating it, this lady. It was so it was so bad. Like he even killed the caretaker. He tried he was there trying to stop him and he shot him. Was the caretaker uh Steph, the director of the last episode? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, my dad's wiping his eyes right now from the tears. I know. Um, he's in so much. He's just he can't handle it anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's we've gone on. We've talked about this now for about seven minutes, and that's seven minutes longer than it than deserves. I really wanted to spend on it. But I am. Look, I'm. Uh, I'm not a fair weather friend when it comes to to Star Wars. So I'm sure we're gonna be there. And unfortunately, there's still one more director that's not. Rodriguez, and I know when that person comes on, I'll be like, oh, the show's back on track. But at this point, I really don't know how they can pull it out. Like, I can't imagine what an interesting plot point would be. Are those kids still in it? Because I... Yes. Why? None of them died. They all stayed alive. Why couldn't the Wookiee have slaughtered them all? Why has no one died in a show about Boba Fett? Literally no one. All those sand people died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Off screen. Off screen? Off screen. You said off screen. Oh. Which is a perfect transition. So talk about the new Scream movie? No, actually. Yeah, okay. We should actually continue talking about this awful episode. No, we're done. Yeah, we are. Please stop. Maybe. Transition completed. Awesome. So, did you know there was a new Scream movie out? Actually, yes, I did. Were you excited about this movie? Do you know anything about Scream? I know enough about Scream, and I like slasher movies, so I was quite excited. Um, you have seen Scream, though, right? I have indeed seen the first Scream movie. And you cannot say, like, it was The Matrix that you saw it when you were four years old, because I did not watch Scream with you when you were four. I watched it by myself. Oh, you did? <laughs> you crawled out of your crib? I wasn't in a crib when I was four years old, I hope. Oh, you were. You were just leaving trails of diarrhea all around the house. <laughs> oh, my goodness We had to gracious. lock you into a crib. You had to lock me into it? Did you have, like, a like a, like a ceiling? The like, roof? It's not called a ceiling. It's just the top of a cage. Well, if I was looking up, it would be my ceiling. No, because you can see through a cage to the actual ceiling. Oh, so it was, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Anyway, so I'm trying to ask you what your history with the Scream franchise is. I, okay. I saw the first movie a few years ago, and that is the end of my history. And that's it? That's all you're going to say? <laughs> yep. I, well, what else would it be? That's the end of the history. Well, I understand that, but like, what, so what do you want did you like say? the Scream movie when you saw, because you, I know you've only seen the original one. I have seen all of them, and, and and I'm trying to think. Once I was, the ones that came out once I I was old enough, I did see all, all of them in the movie theaters. I don't remember a ton about the uh, sequels, and I'm not going to lie, I wasn't confident enough enough in this movie going into it to feel like it was going to be re-worth me watching five movies so we could talk about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where this one ranks. However, after having seen it, I will say that I now am much more interested in maybe going back and doing that and then seeing where this falls. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. I, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, did you like the original Scream movie? I mean, I know you don't I probably remember so. a ton about it. You think so? I'm pretty sure I liked it. From what I remember, because I mean I've I mean I've always liked slashers. I've always been I've always been cool. You've always been cool? Yeah, I remember going into my fifth grade classroom being like, I love slasher movies. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I'm 100% lying to you. <laughs> uh, but they would think I was cool. Well, I will say that I watched Scream. Um, I don't remember exactly how old I was, probably 16. 16? Yeah, it had been out for a while, too. Wow, that's sad. Um, and I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies. We didn't, we were not a horror movie household at all. Mm -mm. I think when I watched Scream, the only other horror movie that I'd ever seen was The Sixth Sense. And The Sixth Sense, I saw Is the that theater. a horror movie? Yeah. Is it? It's not a slasher. Well, some, is there jump scares? Yes. Uh-huh. There are? And ghosts. Well, there doesn't have to be ghosts. Ghostbusters isn't a horror movie. Well, I mean, horror comedy. Don't even... It consider Ghostbusters a, a horror movie. Six Sense is definitely considered a horror movie. Okay, all right, sure. And there Whatever are actually say. jump scares in it. Whatever you say, boomer. Either way, <laughs> just kidding. Um, that was mean. Whenever I saw Six Sense, I loved it so much, and the like the amount of adrenaline that it gave me watching it really turned me on to horror movies. So, one thing everybody can thank M Night Shyamalan for, or everybody, everybody is so happy that. <laughs> <laughs> Six Sense turned me on to horror movies. Yeah, the whole world needs to celebrate. Mm -hmm. I agree. We should have a we have a day. But yeah, so all of a sudden, my it was like my world was open. And all I wanted to do was go watch horror movies because I was so excited about um, 
and this new feeling inside of me. So we rented Scream, right? It was it was still really popular. I think Scream 2 and 3 had already come out at this point. Wow. And we rented Scream when my parents were out of town, and I thought it was horrifying. I didn't even, like, the funny parts, they didn't go over my head. Like, it was still kind of funny, so that made it more entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I honestly, I'd never seen a slasher before, right? And the sixth sense is not violent. And no. even though in hindsight, or not in hindsight, like, because we're a bit more desensitized to violence now, if you watch Scream 1, it's a bit like watching Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, there's not as much gore as you remember there being. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, just watching people getting stabbed and disemboweled, I just have never seen anything like that. So it was, yeah, let's, I'll say it was, it was an iconic movie for me in a very specific way. Um, did it scar you for life? No, no, it didn't scar me. It scar my younger brother, I think for life. I mean, that combined with the fact that we immediately bought a ghost face mask and attacked him while he was in his bed. Oh, you're so lucky he didn't kill you. He was only six. Oh, never mind. Because <laughs> if it was me, I would have immediately murdered them. You would, with your bare hands. With my lamp that's right next to my room. I house. bet you would have done what Isaac did, which is scream and scream and scream and huddle in the corner. I would have been kicking and then trying to reach for my weapons. You know, just like all these, all the screen people do. The funny thing is that um, the entire point of the uh, prank was that my brother was going to come in wearing a screen mask while me and um, Isaac, my other brother, were playing the uh, PlayStation. And what was supposed to happen, it was supposed to be very controlled, right? It was supposed to be like just a jump scare. Mm-hmm. So what was supposed to happen was um, my brother was going to turn the light off. He had the screen costume on yeah and when the light was off my room is pitch pitch dark so i was going to tell our younger brother hey go turn the light on and when he turned the light on the screen guy's standing there right and yeah. it'd just be like a big boo moment at the end but it all got away from us because what we did not know was that the scream mask that he had purchased was glow in the dark Oh, my goodness. Right. So when he turned the light off, then there's like a glowing scream mask there. So he just immediately starts screaming before I can even tell him to go turn the light back on. And then my brother's trying to tell him to be quiet, that it's just him, but he can't hear over the screaming. And he's like doing the shush shush thing with his finger, which is exactly what the guy in Scream does when he wants to murder you. And then he turned the light on. I don't know. For some reason, we were all youngish. He never thought to take the mask off. So he was just trying to like calm him down what with the scream costume on, which just seemed like he was accosting him. So <laughs> That's so silly. He didn't talk for like twelve hours. Really? I'm not kidding. He just laid in my he laid in the bed and like I couldn't even let my parents see him. I was like, Hey, I was just gonna uh, spend the night with uh in me and Dan's room and play video games because he I, I we would have gotten in so much trouble. He was like almost catatonic. He was like a rabbit. He was just laying there on his side, shaking and breathing heavily. Dude. Didn't say a single word the whole rest of the night. I feel like that's how every single scream person, scream, what is it? Survivor. Yeah, victim, I was going to say, should be reacting. I don't know how anyone's just like, hmm. All right, time to stand up. Time to go walk around and go find the killer. After I got stabbed and all my friends did. Yeah. I don't know how. And he didn't even get stabbed and he was still. Uh, Traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's my history with the Scream franchise for the most part. I've, like I said, I've seen all the movies, but I never went back and watched them. I kind of, I felt like I was like outgrowing them in a, in a, I just sounded really snobby and I mean it in a snobby way, but it was more like I was becoming snobby. I was like purposefully trying to outgrow slashery movies. You know what I mean? Wow. It was like, I discovered them and then very quickly was like, Oh, I'm above these things. I'm too good for fun. I know. I agree. Which is a funny bit of commentary that this movie actually makes. So yeah, I watched them all. I enjoyed them all. Um, but, uh, I other than that first experience with that, I've gone back like with you and watched the original screen movie. It's not scary to me anymore. I don't like it anymore. Really. If I'm being honest, uh, there's no nostalgia for a horror movie that doesn't bring me 
memories of even being scared. And the movie just is silly and Wes Craven's sense of humor is not that funny to me. Um, I bet he's a really funny guy. It, I bet he actually is not. Yeah, probably. Uh, but either way, I still appreciate what it did. And I appreciate that it kind of introduces meta, this idea of these like meta horror movies that are commenting on themselves and their own tropes. Um, sure, it's been done to death, but uh, I, I still appreciate the movie. And he did introduce, you know, Ghostface, which is a shockingly like iconic, you know, character. He's, a, he's I guess he's a, he's a kind of a character, but you know what I mean. He's an icon. Yeah, he's um, like one of the big three. Yeah, he is. It's just weird because he's not the same person ever or related to the same person or well, anything. That doesn't matter. As long as the mask is what's important. That mask also, like, I know it's kind of a joke now, especially because that scary movie came out and scary movie two and all those movies. But I, there was a time when that mask was, like, genuinely terrifying to me. Really? Yes. Seeing it anyway. I mean, like, you kind of grew up with it always being in the background. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had never seen it before. I'd be more scared of, of a Michael Myers mask. Well, I'm not trying to argue which one's scarier. I'm just saying I'd never seen that mask before. So whenever I saw the movie, um, yeah, that mask was just absolutely terrifying to me. Um, but yeah, it sounds kind of a joke, I guess you could say. A joke? I mean, it's just like I said. The, so you don't even know what a scary movie is. So Scream was so popular, they basically made a series of movies that were just spoofing Scream, which is kind of a stupid thing to do because Scream is already kind of spoofing, spoofing itself. itself. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't remember very much about those movies at all. I don't think I, I think I only saw the first one. But anyway, it's called Scary Movies. So they kind of made the mask, and it would, like, make different emotional faces or whatever, and it was whatever. That's funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, now you go to every Halloween store, you see the ghost face mask. You know what I mean? Like I said, you've grown up with it being there. It's just like the hockey mask or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anything else. So, very long-winded introduction. Um, obviously my history is a bit more storied than yours. Yeah, so mine was just, I watched the movie a while ago and I don't remember it very well. Yeah. That's your history with everything. Well, that's just cause I'm, I'm young, young and hip and have no memory. Young yes. and hip and have early onset Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I have, I think I have a weird memory. It's long and really short. I think it's just that you don't, uh, choose to remember anything that didn't happen or wasn't made in the last three minutes mm. or by a YouTuber. I forgot what this podcast episode was about. What, what are we talking <laughs> about again? So why don't you actually use that as an opportunity to dive us into this new scream sequel reboot hybrid thing. I want you to start, start us off at the beginning is where we're going to start. Yeah. The classic Scream intro. What is that? What is the classic Scream intro? For, for the Scream newbies who for some reason are listening to this. Um, it's, uh, it's usually a call by the killer, and then they are like, they ask, it's what I did. It's, it's my classic beginning. I, it's mine now. I did it at the beginning of this podcast. Well, come on. What do you mean, come on? Finish, finish your thought. Uh, it's call what by the killer. Do you want them to re-rewind the podcast and listen to the beginning again? That'd be funny. Um, no. Um, God, you made me. You caught me saying ums now. You got. You caught me with the. You got. You got me with the the um ums. Okay, it's people call scream guy calls usually, and then he asks if he wants to play a game, and then they kill him, and then it's. What's then, the game? Is it hopscotch? It's usually like trivia, right? It's always trivia. It's always trivia. Yeah, it's always horror trivia. Oh, that's fun. Um, so yeah, horror trivia, and then. Then they usually they die, and then it, the opening credits come up, and then it's the main characters. Yeah, so I was telling Solomon in case he didn't remember because he didn't know who Halle Berry was. Halle Berry. Halle Berry? Who's that? Oh, God. He doesn't know who Halle Berry is either. Drew Barrymore. Oh. Um, and Halle was like a huge bait and switch that Wes Craven did with that first Scream movie. He gave her first billing. She was in all the trailers, and then, bang, she's like gutted in like the first five minutes, six minutes of the movie. Um. But you think she felt bad about that? No, why would she? It was the greatest prank ever played. <laughs> That's funny. The uh, greatest prank ever played. So Brian De Palma actually did something similar in um, the first Mission Impossible movie, 
where he cast Emilio Estevez while he was still very popular. And he was in all, he was top build. Uh, he was in all of the promotional material. And then he gets uh, smashed on the top of an elevator, impaled right in the face. The elevator breaks. Yeah. So the elevator's going up, up, and they're like, oh, we can't stop it. And he's trying to hack it. And of course you think, oh, it's Emilio Estevez. You know what I mean? And this is the opening scene of the movie. He's fine. No. Stabbed in the face by elevator breaks when it smashes into the top of the ceiling of the the elevator shaft. That's really cool. Top of the ceiling of the elevator shaft. That doesn't really make sense. But yeah, it was really cool. And it gave you this horribly uneasy feeling that anybody in this movie could die. Yeah. No matter who they were. Um, anyway, back to Scream. So, what did you think about this movie's opening scene? Do you think it lived up to the the to the legacy of of those Scream openings? Do you think it was tense? Um, give me your give me your thoughts. I I was, I was quite stressed out. I was, I was I was on edge. I was at the edge of my seat, Father. It was freaky and creepy, and then I, it was it was it, they did a great job with the suspense. And who was the new actress? Because it, it wasn't, it wasn't like, a, it wasn't a, they didn't do, pull us, pull a Drew Barrymore thing. I don't think you can really get away with that twice, yeah, but. Of course not. That wouldn't be, that wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the greatest. So who's the, time. who's the person getting attacked in this scene? It was Jenna or- Ortega. Um, she's, she, I don't think she's the main character. But who does she play? She plays Tara Carpenter. Right. So you kind of gave away the, you know, the twist here. Which is that... I don't think I did. Well, you said you don't think she's the main character. So if she died in this opening scene, you would definitely know she wasn't the main character. Now, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. So you did give it away. Well, that's my fault. Uh, (laughs) 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 I like how you said that as if it was a defense. It was. I feel bad. Uh, It doesn't matter. We are full... Spoiler only podcast. Everybody should know that by now. They should, but what if they're new and then we just hurt their feelings? Well, that's not a huge. At least that's not a huge spoiler. We will be spoiling the whole movie, so yeah. Sorry. Um. So yeah, so that was the kind of the twist. But it just so you know, it's not like she just gets away from the killer. She gets stabbed seven times. Yes, and then and, and her leg smashed. Yes, it's a brutal, brutal opening s- opening scene. But she does live to get stabbed another day. I was very happy about it. It was it was really scary because I kept getting jump scared by the phone. Yeah, I know they the, really really play into that. I didn't like love it, but I, I I think it was a really cool thing. Him just constantly like calling them and then always talking to them. I I don't know. Do they usually do that? Yeah. Well, I like it, and I think it's fun. <laughs> well, then you would like the other screen movies. That's very cool, Dad. Um, so I don't want us to just go like beat by beat and you know th- through the movie. That's not what this this not that's not what this show is about. Of course, we're not. here to dig deeper. Uh, yeah. And it would not be a screen movie without doing a lot of twists and turns into the meta of what it means to be a horror movie, horror movie tropes, the different genres of horror. So this movie, I think, in the opening scene, really does a great job of showing how they're going to be handling that. And um, one of my favorite parts was when, you know, the ghost face person, he's like, oh, do you like horror movies? And she's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, do you like the Stab movies? So, and for those of you who have been keeping up, Stab is a franchise within this within franchise. the Scream universe about the plot of the Scream movies. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's basically the Scream movies inside of the Scream universe. And she's like, no, I don't really like slashers. I prefer elevated horror like the Babadook and the Witch and It Follows. Uh all by the way, and hereditary, hereditary, yeah. All re- other than the fact that I don't love hereditary, those are all really great movies. But they're you know kind of poking fun at the fact that uh, we're modern too good. M- us we're too good for the flasher sla- to flasher movies. <laughs> I'm not good enough. Um, yeah, we're too good for the slasher movies, just like you were. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to say. You know, this new generation thinks they're too good for the slasher movies. They they want more as as she keeps saying, elevated horror. And it was very funny to me when Ghostface is like, elevated horror. What does that mean? She's like, well, you know, it can still have be scary, but 
there's no jump scares and it's just like you know more nuanced and emotional um and and while I do like quote unquote elevated horror to some extent I will say that there's like an entire genre of movies like the A24 horror movies that I just can't stand because I hate 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 <laughs> These ho- new horror movies that aren't horror movies. It makes me want to say so many curse words right now because I'm getting agitated about it again. Can you see all the hair on my arms starting to stand up? Yep. I sure can. Um, A24 is notorious for this. That yeah, they I think they did make The Witch. They have made a lot of the movies that I, that I do really like. But they started this new trend with movies like It Comes at Night where they'll say something like, you know, oh, it's the most terrifying movie of the year. And they'll show all these things that make you think it's going to be about a haunted house or whatever in the ad campaign. And then you go watch the movie and it's about like a kid who had like one nightmare and then some strangers came over and then they mistrusted each other. That's not a horror movie. And then you can always tell it's an A24 horror movie because the reviews will say something like, you know, it showed that the greatest horror was not trusting each other. No, that isn't the greatest horror. A greatest, a greater horror is a big demon coming through your window and ripping <laughs> your guts out and then eating your grandfather. <laughs> you, you're right. I, I can't disagree with that. And I'm not saying that it all has to be that on the nose, but I'm just saying a lot of A24 doesn't even try and be horror, right? It just kind of tries to be moody and vaguely look yeah, like a horror movie. I feel like it's just trying too hard to be artsy and whatever. It cares much more about being respected than it cares about scaring you. Yeah, it wants to be like a classic, and it's just like a beautiful a work of art instead of being a fun death everywhere fun little movie, you know? Well, they, don't, all, they, don't, have to be, they don't even have to all be fun. Well, they just have to be scary. That's my only criteria for a horror movie. I think you're right, but I also want some fun ones. And somebody got in an argument with me, and they said, well, that's your criteria. What about horror movies that just aren't very good and they're not very scary? Well, then You can't say they're not horror movies. And they're correct, so I've amended it. The movie has to be trying to scare you. There. You can fail, but it be trying to scare you. That's, that's it, a good criteria. It comes at night and is mostly like trying to tell you that it's going to scare you, but never never actually doing it or even wanting to. Do they, they blue ball do with fear? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the fact that this screen movie kind of addresses that there's this entire new genre of horror movie and is the predominant genre right now. You know what I mean? Slashers are definitely not the most popular type of horror movies. And it's really funny because at least when, when slasher movies were on the top of the pile, like you think of Halloween, right? Yeah. You like that movie? You've seen that? You talked yep. about it before? We know we know that yeah. that's my favorite slasher movie. Um, so after Halloween, there was movie. just a rash of like Halloween ripoffs, right? But the ones that were successful, then even those got ripoffs. So you had Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th gets really successful. So then you have Sleepaway Camp, and then you have all these other movies. You know what I mean? They're like ripping off the ripoffs. Um, I think that the slasher genre is a really fun genre to do that in because... You get gory kills, mm-hmm. you get jump scares, mm-hmm. which sure can be overdone or whatever. And usually, um, not that I'm a fan of this in any way, but usually a not lot of uh, naked ladies. So, <laughs> like, I'm not endorsing it or promote. I, you know, I close my eyes during those parts. Uh, yeah, I do close my eyes. Me too. Okay. But yeah, so you have like these kind of pulpy things that you have with slasher movies. But now we have like ripoffs of ripoffs of ripoffs of these like artsy movies. Um, and it's just like, or or the movies that James Wan created, which I actually like, you know, like The Conjuring and Insidious. The Insidious. I love those movies. Those and, movies are great. And now we have ripoffs of the ripoffs of those movies. Like we have the spinoff movie, The Curse of La Llorna. And now we have like 30 ripoffs of La Llorna when La Llorna wasn't even a good ripoff in the first place. <laughs> You seem very um, emotional towards this topic. I was very passionate about it. Very passionate about my horror movies. I understand. I understand. So, look, we're we're um, getting too far afield considering that we now have only discussed the opening scene of uh, the new Scream movie. Yeah, no, you just, we need to get into it. We need to dive. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we touched our foot into the shallow end of the Scream. Well, I think we, we're, de- we're talking about, like, one of the things that's the main theme of the movie, right? It's like the the tension between existing as a horror movie and a sequel and a reboot in a genre that isn't really popular right now and then recognizing and talking about inside of the movie which is a very scream thing to do so I'm glad they did 
mm-hmm. that they're kind of operating in a genre that nobody really cares about. Dealing yeah. with fans who really only care about it not doing anything different. Yeah. So. It's a gemstone that they don't want to be messed with. It's a gemstone? Yeah, it's a gemstone. It's a gem. Fair, fair enough. Um, so let's talk. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. So the, the next kind of meta-y thing that they talk about is they actually kind of poke fun and explain that they understand your frustration with this new way that they're doing these naming schemes. So you want to kind of walk us through how how they discussed that and like what they're how they were explaining it or whatever. All right. I remember that scene where they explained all of this and I'm going to do my best to talk about it, but it's going to be difficult. So for one, just so we can stop calling them reboots, sequel, whatever thing. They're called requels. All right. They're According requels. to this movie too. According the movie, to movie calls them that, yeah. Yeah, and I think we should honestly permanently call them that because that's a good that's a good name. So, basically, the idea of a requel is that you still get to have your legacy characters, your 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 Scream One, your yeah, your Scream One characters. So we get Dewey, Dewey, uh, um, Gale, Weathers, Sydney, Sydney Prescott. Yeah, yeah, we get all of those guys, but we also get new characters so we can still like perform the the other one but <laughs> I, I forgot all i know is that you're basically you're able to operate in the same universe with some of the new with some of the old characters and the new characters so you can still have like set it up yeah you can have a new cast of young hot people yeah. that are high school students or whatever so mm-hmm. you keep that theme going you have you yeah yeah. And then, so basically, you have your fresh start, but you also still get to keep the characters that you're nostalgic for, and then you can still retell your stories again. Right. And that that is a requel. And that's and that is why they basically just call them by the original name. They're not, and they they actually have arguments about it about like why aren't they just calling it Stab Eight instead of just calling it Stab? We all know it's Stab Eight. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the kind of a one bit of meta commentary it's running running through the movie. Mm-hmm. Um which the meta commentary is so much better than frickin' the Matrix. So much. Because they used it and it was a part of the plot. <laughs> and it wasn't just Hey what, what do you mean they used it? They they made the meta commentary a part of the story. It was actually like needed and it was a key important feature of the story instead of just noting it and then being like, yeah, this is why we made this garbage piece of trash movie. I finally get to talk mean things about it because I wasn't trying to rush out of the Matrix because I don't like it. We didn't, they didn't, we were just like, oh, so this is a Matrix and um, our people are making us make it and now you're going to like it. Our people, Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah, and now we are going to continue the movie. You're not going to like it and have fun. This was just like, look, we know that this isn't, this isn't, this wasn't needed, wasn't the biggest thing, but it's going to be fun and you're going to, I'm sure, I'll, hopefully you'll enjoy it. Well, one, there's two things I think there that are worth touching on. One is that Scream is funny, right? Yeah. So it helps when it's funny and it's not trying to be serious about its meta commentary. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, whereas The Matrix came across like it was just trying to explain to you why their movie's a pile of crap, you know, by saying they didn't want to make it and nobody wanted to be here and the studio made us do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Whereas Scream doesn't come across, at least to me, it didn't come across like it was trying to justify its existence so much as it was just commenting on its existence, period. Yeah. And that is what kind of screen movies have always done. Yeah, and they continue to do it, and they do it well. Yeah, so what did you think about the... about the? So I know, because you don't have a huge amount of nostalgia for the old cast, you know what I mean? You didn't grow up watching like five, six movies with them. Um, you probably didn't even know who most of them are. I know you don't know who Nev Campbell is, and other than seeing him in Friends, you probably didn't know who David Arquette was. Yeah. Um, you do remember who he was in Friends, though, right? Yeah, he was a stalker okay. guy. And obviously, you know who Courtney Cox is, of course, because I watched so much. So, Friends. what what did you think about about this new cast of characters? You have like a you have a, a whole who's who of like up and coming new folks, and then you have the legacy folks. So, how did you feel that they did? 
Um, honestly, I personally think everyone put out a great performance. Um, the new characters like Tara and um, Sam, who, by the way, Sam is Melissa Barrera, who was in In the Heights, who we love. Yeah, what's her big song that she sings in it? She sings that one song about... Wait. Oh, wow, that she sings that one song. She's the main love interest of the main guy, right? Yeah, and yep. she, like, she remember, she, like, runs through the... The th- with the following fabrics. Yeah, she sings a whole song about wanting to make fabrics. She doesn't want to make fabrics. She wants to. She be- wants to like sew fabrics together to make t-shirts. Yes, I forgot what that job is called. Seamstress. Is that right? Fashion designer. Yeah, I think it's fashion designer. Um, yeah, they're really good. I mean, oh, sh- I forgot. Jack Quaid is in this. Yeah, Jack Quaid is from... The Boys. The Boys, yeah. That's where most people probably would know him from. And he's super nice and wonderful, and I love him in The Boys. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I think he, I thought he was really great in this. He's really funny. He's like the kind of primary comic relief. There he's are really sweet. There are two, the the twins, they're pretty good, especially the the um, the girl. What is her name in the, in the movie? Um, really, you don't know? I do not know. Oh, well, um, the twins were good, but um, I guess the new sheriff and her son, they're kind of lame. This is a Wes. Yeah, it was Wes. I really liked him, though. Yeah, he was he, really. He was sweet and cute, and he was in. And cute. What do you mean? I mean, like, cute, not in, like, I meant like cute isn't like oh he's adorable he's a sweet little boy. It was like he was like thirty. It's not thirty. The movie definitely continued the scream tradition of having high school students that look like they're thirty. That's isn't that wonderful? Isn't that your favorite thing? Also, they gave him like highlighted hair, which was a really really bizarre nod to the nineties because nobody does that to their hair anymore. I thought it was funny. But nobody funny. does that to their hair anymore, do do they? You go to school. No, I don't see anyone doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't see anyone doing that. Ow. Um, I stepped on my foot. That's why I said ow. I wasn't just saying ow for no reason. Um, I figured out her name. Well, you f- you failed. You took too long. We're not even talking about her anymore. But I solved it. Um. So yeah, you thought the you thought the new cast was good. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I thought I yeah. Overall, if you had to say there was a standout, uh, I have to go with Sam, <laughs> Alyssa. Oh really? Yeah, because okay. she, I th- thought her, because she was she was the main character for sure, and um, I thought she did great, and she all, and I already liked her, and she's 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 cool. I, she's cool. She's she's really cool. Oh man, <laughs> somebody's smitten. So uh, we have what about the legacy cast? Since you didn't have a lot of affinity towards them, and they're old boomers. Yeah. I, oh, don't be rude. That's you. Even if you are younger than them, by a lot. Um. I, I like them. I mean, I love Courtney Cox because um, of Friends, so I already, like, know her, so it just felt nice to see her again, you know, acting, because mm-hmm. I don't see her a lot. Um, David Arquette, he's really likable, really lovable. He's a sweet dude, and um, he has a really sad death. Yeah, they... They brutally Candyman kill him. They They do finally... Dewey, after surviving getting stabbed multiple times in multiple movies, yeah, they nine do, times they he do says. finally, yeah, they do finally take him out, and Which it is, is it was really genuinely sad. And as somebody who was a, has watched all these movies, I was not happy about it. I mean, it worked in the movie, don't worry, it, yeah. it plays, but um, but it was really really sad to watch. It's crazy they even got stabbed nine times and then like how many maybe five six, yeah, um, and that. And the 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 other girl from the opening got stabbed seven times and her leg smashed in one scene alone. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think he got off easy. Personally, <laughs> he died pretty horribly. Oh yeah, he did get like I said, he got Candyman. You know where he they go from the bottom. You don't have to give away the whole entire scene. So you know it's brutal. I would cover your eyes. Yeah, personally, was- I didn't because. That's another thing I do want to talk about with this movie is the kills are brutal. They are very brutal. They stay in. They don't start trying to get schlocky with them. Like, they don't try and start doing what the other Scream movies do where they kind of get a little bit Final Destination-y. You know what I mean? They're not 
they're you're getting stabbed. You're getting killed with a knife. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not like sticking your hand into a blender or you know. Uh, also, with guns, they also like to shoot people. I do like guns. You it, you like guns. I like it when they use guns in in, in the movie. That was a very odd <laughs> interjection. Because they don't use a lot of guns in horror movies. I feel like. No, and I think they and use they don't them. actually like. I mean, they use they get them, but they never use them. Well, I think they use them to good effect here. Yeah, uh, and uh, I don't. I'm trying to decide how how we should address this next part. Well, look, let's put on pause the commentary about uh, fan culture because that's my favorite bit of meta commentary they have here. It ends up being the entire plot crux, yeah, of the of the movie. Um, but yeah, before we get there, what did you think about the kind of whodunit e nature of the movie? Because they're kind of commenting on how that works in all the Scream movies. It does work. That's how it is in a lot of the movies. Did you think it was effective? Did you feel like you figured out who it, who the, the killers were going to be from the very beginning? Did you feel like you figured out all the plot twists? Or did you think that they all came as su- surprises as they were happening? So they did a great job with it because I had some ideas, obviously, because we all have ideas and it's like Clue. Um, very brutal clue. Um, but they, they really threw me off the scent, like hardcore. I was a wolf and they threw a steak <laughs> the other way. Um, I was quite uh, sh- a bit over complimenting yourself, calling yourself a wolf. Okay, fine. Maybe I like was a small, I was a chihuahua, a small mentally disabled poodle. And they threw like a little dog treat the other way. Uh, Not that you're mentally disabled, but if you were a poodle. That's versus a wolf. I'm just saying. No, compared you, to no, a wolf, you are saying that I'm mentally disabled. No, it's like you're calling com- me a poodle too. That's like the the most. I'm just saying in comparison to Superman. You know what I mean? Like you would be, you're basically a handicapped person compared to Superman. So I'm just saying compared to a wolf. Why are you so mean? And get, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not a mentally disabled. No, I shouldn't have said <laughs> that. That just came out wrong. I didn't mean that. Yes, that's. The, I oh, meant in comparison to a wolf. I didn't mean like in w- general. Poodles can still <laughs> eat things. I know, but that's why I didn't think it was it wasn't going to be a direct one to one comparison. If I just said you were a poodle compared to a wolf, they're like in the same general ballpark. I should have said something else, like a mouse or something, or like a cockroach. A cockroach. Anyway, they don't fine. even have brains. Anyway. They can't even be mentally disabled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then I wouldn't have got myself in this trouble by saying that. You're the worst. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead with what you're saying. <sighs> You lose your train of thought somehow. Oh, somehow, <laughs> I'm a mentally disabled cockroach. Don't, don't say that about yourself. <laughs> and they like hate don't an, an ant that, somewhere. Don't, don't say that about yourself. Anyway, they threw you all off. You're talking about the mystery of the movie. Yeah. Um. I mean, I had one idea that I ended up being right, but I felt like it was too obvious. But then it was right, and then it was. And that's what they do in all these movies. It's always mm. like, oh, this is too obvious to be correct. Was <sighs> your end of your thought? Yeah. I mean, I was about to be at the end of my thought, and then you called me um, mentally disabled pool. I didn't. And then a no, cockroach. No, I did not. I just said, I just said not compared to a wolf. That's all I was saying. You also called me compared to Superman. I'm handicapped. Compared to Superman, <laughs> he said I'm a cripple. How high can you fly? <laughs> An elevator can take me many feet. That's it, exactly. Um, so what I thought about the the mystery thing that um, was interesting. So. I guess it's not that interesting. One of the, but one of the, pardon me, one of the main twists in this movie is that Sam turns out to be the son, the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. I know, gasp. Everyone else is like, who's Billy Loomis? <laughs> so he was played by Skeet Ultra. Isn't that the guy who's like um, Mega Man's dad? Mega Man's dad? Yeah. That's Dr. Light. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> I thought that would be. I thought that was funny. I don't <laughs> understand it at all. I thought there was a guy. I thought there was a doctor named Loomis. That from Halloween. Oh, but he reminds me of Mega Man's dad. Oh, you're so weird. <laughs> My weird. It's a weird way to take this from. Whatever the twist of this movie is to Mega Man. <laughs> I thought. Anyway, Billy. Uh, Billy Loomis was the main killer. One of the two killers in the original Scream movie is played by Skeet Ulrich. And um, he actually, Skeet is in this movie with pretty impressively done uh, de-aging. I know de-aging is all the rage now. 
How do you know he's DH? How do you know he just isn't that, really fit? Because he's in he's in um, the Archie show. How do, you know, how, how do you know they didn't age him for that? Let me assure you that old Skeet has had a rough life. Oh, uh, I don't believe you. He looks gorgeous. Anyway, so yeah, they, they obviously de-aged him, and yeah, did he look like that? No, he looked like he was in high school. That's true. They took. His He's only away. he basically disappears to his daughter in like visions. He's not actually in the movie, as we know. He died in Scream One. Yeah, but so that's the big twist, and that kind of is the motivating, the thing for the for like the big key plot thing in the movie. But that was what I wanted to, you to go into because we're we're running up on time, and I really meant to make sure we get to address this because it was one of my favorite things in the movie as far as the meta stuff. Like I enjoyed the funny jokey stuff about how the requels and, but it wasn't until they started getting into fandom specifically the toxicity of fandom and people who feel like they have ownership over a property just because it's something they like. Yeah. And that turns out to be the entire plot of the movie. So you want to just kind of go walk us through that a little bit? Like, or we can like, we can go back and forth. I don't need you to like just recap it, but just kind of like, what do you feel like the overall, message was how do you think they worked into the plot do you think it worked you know stuff like that i don't know how you want me to do this i just gave you some uh some how do i think they worked in i don't know do you like should i spoil things yeah the full spoiler podcast well i don't want to though you should do it can you spoil it and then i can start talking about it i've just been talking for so so long yeah you talked for a while i talked about mega man like you can you can explain what uh, okay, happened. Fine. That so just, way, you, I can have my commentary. Just chime in, yeah. Just chime in with your commentary, yeah, whatever you that's want. That's what I want to do. Uh, so, essentially, it turns out that the killers, um, and you know what? I'm not. I won't, I won't spoil who they are. There's no reason to. Is there not? No, there's no reason. to I spoil. mean, I feel like that's a you know you know, but it's a full spoiler podcast. There's just no reason to though. I feel like I feel like whenever we normally are spoiling things because we need to discuss it, we don't need to actually say who the killers are to talk about their motives. Okay, that's fine. So uh, whenever the killers reveal themselves, you basically find out that essentially what they're trying to do is make the ultimate stab movie sequel. They or Scream sequel. Yeah, well. I just want to let them know that it is, it is Scream. Well, you think the audience is so dumb they can't figure I, out the I meta really, here? I really, I don't know anymore. I feel, I mean, I'm a mentally, mentally disabled poodle. I don't know stop, what they stop are. Stop saying that. I'm going to bring it up every day, every podcast. It's going to be a reference to No, it. it's going to like, I'm going to get canceled. You deserve it. I'll get a new dad. He'll be. How he'll, will you find one? He'll be the next how will generation. You, how will you find one? I'll get, I'll get my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be, he'll be the next, next generation. Either way. So the, the main, the main um, motivation of these, of the villains is they feel like the stab uh, AKA sure scream franchise has like gone off the rails. It lost sight of like what it really meant to be a, a stab movie. And so what they're going to do is they're the fans. And these are actually like crazy, just crazy movie fans that met each other in a forum on that, on literally a subreddit. Yeah. On a subreddit. Yeah. They're going to create, uh, cause the movies, all the stab movies are based on the real killings of the different ghost face killings. Mm-hmm. So they're going to create a scenario that brings everything back, you know what I mean, and rights the wrongs of all these other terrible movies. And so that's why they're luring Sydney and everybody back. You know, that's why they're wanting to get um, Billy Loomis's daughter, illegitimate daughter involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge master plan. And there's one part where one of the killers says something like, how can fandom be toxic? Does it make any sense? It's built on love, and people think that just because that we, you know, we're not owed anything. Yeah. When these things are important to us, and I know it's on the nose, and if thankfully it was actually worked, a it was really funny. Yeah. Um, but it, I really appreciate the fact that somebody made a movie addressing something that is so annoying and sinister to me that goes on inside of all these hobbies that I love. It happens inside video game culture. It happens inside of nerd culture, Star Wars culture, Star Trek culture. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it was really just like a perfect time to release it too because there's like been cancels on Twitter for like Minecraft YouTubers and it's so stupid to me because there's a YouTuber who's like 16 it's like still in high school and he's having to, he like cancels streams when he forgets he has to do like a research paper or something. Right. And he was getting canceled because 
they didn't do the right thing in the Minecraft lore of their videos or something. And it's just so dumb. So you're talking about you're talking about like like actually toxic fan and all he did something bad to get canceled for. Yeah, but he didn't do anything bad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was just so, so, so dumb. So between that and then just other movies happening and then yeah. I mean, even if I don't like the decision that a franchise is going, the way that the that the fan culture gets on their soapboxes and starts just ranting, ranting, well, Luke Skywalker would never do this. Oh, so-and-so would never do this. Oh, so-and-so. Oh, oh, good God. It's deeply tedious. I'm not saying, like, I don't... I I didn't love the ninth Star Wars movie, but do you? am I on Twitter trying to cancel... What's his name? J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Am I... Trying to cancel him? I mean, it's not even so franchise? much about, It's not so much with this that they always are trying to cancel people. It's just yeah, like, but that's my instant example because yeah, but I feel like using that as an example is going to kind of give people the wrong impression about what you're talking about. Okay, all right. Well, take it back then. I didn't say you had to take it back. Jeez, I'm not trying to cancel anybody. But, but like when you think about uh, when you think about how cathartic it was, like, and sure, you could say, oh. You know these people are doing it because they're um, they don't want it to happen to them. You know what I mean? They're messing around with the scream formula and they're like preempting it. But like these directors, they directed Ready or Not and VHS. Like these guys are like pretty acclaimed. They're not doing any series. It's their first series, so I don't feel like they have had like it's not like J.J. Abrams. You know what I mean? Yeah. If J.J. Abrams was directing this movie then it would definitely feel like he was being defensive. This movie didn't feel like it was being defensive at all. It just felt like it was actually addressing an issue. Yeah. And it was giving me a huge amount of catharsis by getting to watch toxic fan culture get shot in the face and lit on fire. That that was beautiful. Yeah. That's oh, that's so beautiful when, when I think about it. When whenever that uh that person tries to get them not to to kill her and she's like no, no, it's not my fault. I was radicalized on the forums. <laughs> Courtney Cox is like, you were radicalized by movie fans. Um, it was so funny because that is exactly what it's like. How do these people become so radicalized on movie forum sites? It's so hilarious to me. I just can't imagine being like that. It seems so impossible. Especially because it's so much more fun to have a fun debate with people about movies. Yeah. And with with we have a pretty large friend group of people that we can discuss movies with. So if somebody wants to say something frankly insane, like uh you know, Attack of the Clones is the best Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. Or it's underrated, yeah, sure you might get like, Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me, but there'll be a fun discussion that happens afterwards. Yeah, you can have a fun like actual argument because I mean yeah, it won't be like drop dead and die. You shouldn't even get to watch Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, like I have arguments with my friends about Star Wars Rebels, and I, whenever I feel like I've made a good argument, and then they come out and be like, yeah, but it's stupid. And then I'm just like, well, I won this argument, and you're a child, and then I just feel really good about myself. Well, we are coming up on time now, and I'm going to say, um, you know, some people, hopefully not too many, might be a little bit upset that we didn't spend more time talking about the plot of Scream. We talked about a lot of other things. But that's kind of the point of Scream, right? Why are you going to be meta if you're not trying to provoke conversation about the broader discussion around cinema in general, but horror cinema specifically? And I think they really um, accomplished that. So we did not give any star ratings to our movies last time or whatever ratings our arbitrary rating system might be this week. So how would you rate the new Scream movie, the requel, Scream? I'm thinking because I really did like it and I want to give it a nine because it wasn't perfect. But I and I also, but I feel like a nine is really high. Well, but it was a great movie and it did a great job. And there's almost like some tiny little things that I thought were kind of silly. But I, yeah, I think I'm going to give it nine stab wounds. Uh, oh, the same amount of stabs that Dewey got. Yep, exactly. That's, it was perfect. Uh, so, I would say that of Scream movies, I would also agree. I would al- I would also give it a nine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a bit more diplomatic, I guess is the wrong word. But for overall 
movie, there was a couple of little nitpicks we didn't really go into. So I think I'd probably have to generous, like not be able to be that generous and probably give it eight. Okay. But, but for a screen movie, I would definitely, I would definitely give it a nine. Worked like gangbusters. I really liked it. I can definitely see myself watching it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Really fun. What is yeah. it? Eight, eight what's? Eight, eight what's? Well, I gave mine nine stab wounds. No, that's not I was giving mine. I was giving mine eight what's. <laughs> hey, if it's arbitrary, it's arbitrary. It doesn't have to be like a funny joke every single time. What if I said I was going to give it eight free willies? Would that make more sense? <laughs> no. Exactly. You but could, it, I could have done like eight. I could be like, it questions. does make sense actually, because Free Willy was also a '90s movie, as was uh, Scream. So I'm just bringing it all the way back. Yeah. And there is a song from Free Willy that was done by Michael Jackson who sang the song Smooth okay. Criminal, and that's what Scream is about, some smooth criminals. So, oof, I made it work. So I give it eight Free Willies. Oh, all right. Sounds good. All right. Take us out. All right. Follow us on Kid in the Follow us on Kid in the Follow us at Kid in the Pick <laughs> on Instagram. Or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Until next time. Bye. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on Kid Stays in the Picture on Instagram, or follow us on roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.